Today is March 16th, and this is the Physique Business Podcast, and I am your host, Corey Swergoss. We have a great episode planned for you with IFBB Pro women's bodybuilder, Nikki Chartrand. She is a true Canadian gem and an absolute sweetheart coming from southern Manitoba. She's recently made her way to the United States to continue to pursue her career in bodybuilding. She took time out of her day to come and speak with us and talk about some of the fundamentals that aspiring young women bodybuilders can take to be able to set themselves up for success. Um, you know, we definitely couldn't do this without the support of our listeners. If you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as give us a review on Apple Podcast if you can. We are going to feature one of the reviews that we have from K Kaylee 89 this podcast is just what I needed to hear. Thank you for showing us how to make money in the fitness industry. Well, thank you very much, Kaylee, for that review. We greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to have your review read on a future episode, please drop us a review there. It would mean a lot, a lot to us. And so without further ado, let's get into it. We are going to do a interview with Nikki Chartrand here. We recorded it earlier. I can tell you, you definitely do not want to miss this. And make sure you listen all the way to the end because Nikki is a true ambassador for the sport and dropping a ton of really good nuggets for you. Welcome to the Physique Business Podcast, making money in the fitness industry. You've spent hours in the gym, sweating buckets, crushing PRs, and lifting a ton of weight. Now it's time to turn that passion into a highly profitable business. Here's stories and tips of proven methods for starting and scaling your business in the fitness industry. And now your host, Corey Swergoss. Hey, Nikki, how you doing? Hey, Corey, I'm good. How are you? Really, really good. It is uh, a pleasure to have you on the Physique Business Podcast. You are a Canadian sensation. I really love your story. Um, I think it's incredible. You growing up in a you know a small Northern Ontario you know community, taking yourself all the way to the United States and to the Olympia stage. A lot has happened for people that don't know. Um, let's just do a quick little recap of your story to becoming an IFBB pro and uh, ultimately how it felt, you know, being on that Olympia stage. Oh man, yeah, small town girl. So I actually grew up in small town, Southern Manitoba, yeah. Altona. Small Mennonite town. <laughs> Everything I did was outside the normal and i just grew to be okay with that and so when i was introduced to bodybuilding it was like a, a rebirth really essentially and i was so into it and so inspired by the whole thing and other women that i was seeing in the gym doing the same thing i thought yeah okay i'm gonna get into this and the ball started rolling and like any competitive bodybuilder the goal was get that ifbb pro card and so i just worked my tail off and made sure that i stayed true to myself and who i was in the process competed at cbbf nationals in 2016 and had a very successful day won everything won the heavyweight women's bodybuilding best poser overall it was just that cloud nine moment for sure. And after that, you kind of think, okay, well, I have this card now. 
maybe I should see, maybe I should test the waters and see if I, how well I would do at a pro show. And so I did that and the following year ended up winning and I've been able to compete at rising Phoenix world championships for the last several years. And just being among that caliber of athlete on that big of a stage is absolutely a dream come true. And I value every second of that. And then the return of women's bodybuilding last year, that was the epitome. I mean, mm -hmm. every bodybuilder's dream is to compete at the Olympia mine as well. And when I got to do that, that was, that was everything that I had dreamed of coming together in one crazy moment of yeah. life. It was incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. At, at what point in the journey did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life? Mm, probably my second ever weights workout. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yes, very, very early on. Awesome. I said to people, I want to be a pro bodybuilder and make that my life. And they were like, yeah, okay, sure. Go ahead and try that. <laughs> For sure. Especially coming from a small town with, uh, you know, you know, not having the same exposure to, uh, you know, the, the different opportunities that are out there in the sport. And I mean, you know, obviously you and I, you know, and, and people that are listening to this podcast, you know, are very vested in the fitness industry, but for the mainstream consumer, our industry is very, very niche. Yes. So. Very niche. Yeah. It takes a special kind of human mm -hmm. to have the kind of dedication that it takes to yeah. be really successful in the sport. For sure. Um, as you got started, um, you know, in terms of thinking about making women's bodybuilding, you know, your full-time career and actually making a living from doing that. When, when did that kind of start and, and how did you start that? Was it just cold Turkey one day you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. Or was it a slow transition over time? That was absolutely a slow transition. It had to be mm -hmm. because there's a misconception where once you earn this pro card, opportunities and money just start falling in your lap. That was not my experience at all. It was a long transition over a period of probably eight, 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm a sign language interpreter by trade. That's what I went to school for and spent a lot of my early career doing. And that allowed me the flexibility to spend the time in the gym, spend the time in the kitchen, planning my meals. I was essentially making my own schedule then already. Mm -hmm. And so when I started gaining traction in women's bodybuilding professionally, then it was okay. Well, how am I going to scale this back? How am I going to be able to give my career the same, both aspects of my career, the amount of tension that they both need. And I, just found myself so motivated and so inspired the more time I spent in the bodybuilding community that it only felt natural to phase out that previous career that I had mm -hmm. and focus all of my attention and energy into bodybuilding. So awesome. it was a process over many years and did not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've worked really hard to get where I am now, yeah. but I mean, anything worth doing is take is a challenge, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, women's bodybuilding specifically has had a, you know, a challenging goal over the last couple of years, obviously, um, you know, falling out of the Olympia for that short period of time and, uh, you know, finding 
which uh, I would say kind of the savior in Jake Wood coming back to it and giving, um, you know, the the division an entirely new lifeline. Um, what what did that mean to you? What did that mean to the sport? And, uh, you know, having Jake on board as a, as a whole. Jake Wood and Wings of Strength is a game changer for women's bodybuilding. We finally had there have always been women women bodybuilders Mm -hmm. we never went anywhere we were still there we just didn't have the stage but when jake came in and opened up wings of strength to the masses we finally now had the platform the exposure the support the resources we had everything we needed again to be successful and be in the spotlight again Mm -hmm. to some degree and now with the purchase of the Olympia and women's bodybuilding returning to Olympia, we are, we are back full force and it's so encouraging and inspiring to see women's bodybuilding on the big stage again. And it's so diverse, even though we're all women bodybuilders, we're still diverse in the group mm-hmm. and everybody has their own journey and unique perspective and unique experience. And we're all celebrated at the same time and to the same magnitude, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And it's only going to get better. It's only going to continue to flourish and grow and develop and evolve. And and we're not going anywhere now. We're here to stay. So Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm no Jake Wood, but I, you know, I want to actually help, um, you know, though I, I think there's a bit of an inequality between male and females within this industry. And uh, obviously, as you know, with the Vancouver Island Showdown, we have a brand new IFBB Pro Show coming along with that. Um, I've talked a little bit about it on this show, but haven't gotten into great detail. And you're the first women bodybuilder that I have on the show. So it's super awesome to be able to talk that and be able to plug that show a little bit. But, you know, from a promoter standpoint, it's really my goal and my mission to actually put the women front and center. And so we're launching with women's physique and women's bodybuilding as the only two classes that we are running this year for the Pro Show. So we are super excited. I think what Jake is doing is incredible. And, you know, I really want to push that up here in Canada. And that's really my focus is to continue to grow the women's side of the sport, put them front and center, give them the opportunities that, you know, the men's open bodybuilding get at, you know, almost every single pro show that there is. And so now we want to put that front and center. We want to be able to have the media attention, you know, be placed on, on athletes that actually do that show. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to go for it. And I'm super excited. It was, you know, a true blessing to be able to connect with Robin Chan and and get his support and get support of Ron Hashay and the Mannions to be able to do so. Um, and, and really have a place for, for women's muscle in, in Western Canada. And I believe you, obviously, you know, you grew up in Manitoba, um, but we're really trying to push that, you know, really hard to have, you know, uh, an outlet and a show to be able to celebrate, um, you know, the women within the sport. Which is absolutely amazing. And what you're doing is phenomenal. And there aren't a whole lot of opportunities in Canada for women's bodybuilders. So having another platform like the Van Isle Showdown is going to be a perfect jump for that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a perfect place for Canadian female bodybuilders to be able to compete at home on home soil. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, you're going to be over on the island, but that doesn't matter to Canadian bodybuilders. To compete at home feels exhilarating. So I am grateful that you're doing this, and I can't wait to see what is all going to 
come down and show up and what <laughs> is all going to go down with this show. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But uh, let's just kind of take things back for a bit. And I just want to talk about, um, you know, any female that wants to pursue a career, any of their women's physique or, 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 or women's bodybuilding. Let's kind of talk about some of the steps that an athlete would have to go through. And let's talk about some of the opportunities, because I think a lot of people come into, um, you know, come into it and they have some misconceptions of really what it's about. And I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, there are some bad apples. I'm not sure about if you ever, you know, ran into some of these experiences or not. But, um, you know, I come from a modeling background as well. So I do know there are certain photographers that will take advantage of you or they'll put certain clauses in. And all of a sudden you go there with one expectation and they're asking you to do something completely different. Um, maybe let's just kind of spend a little bit of time, um, you know, about things that you would say to an aspiring women's physique or women's bodybuilder. I mean to build their body, um, you know, that could really help them get going and set them up on the right path, you know, to having a fulfilling and happy and successful career. It's really important to know who you are mm -hmm. and know where your boundaries lie. There are uh, things that will look like opportunities that really aren't things that will look like lucrative options for you that may be lucrative at the time but just like you said will push you far out of your comfort zone and you go in expecting one thing you end up with another thing and now suddenly you're in this position where you know sure it might look lucrative but how much of yourself do you have to compromise in order to make that money it's just so incredibly important to know who you are what your boundaries are and you have to know that if it looks too good to be true, it is. Mm -hmm. And you should do a lot of research before committing to anything. If somebody presents you with a contract, have somebody read it over who's familiar with contracts, who can really um, interpret the contract for you so that you understand fully what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. It's important to know that you want to be supported and sponsored and be a brand ambassador, if that's the word we're using nowadays, for people who are in the sport that are aligned with your values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. You want to align yourself with those people so that you're not all of a sudden taken down a path that's really uncomfortable for you. And now you have to try to backtrack and recover your reputation or recover your image, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's important to set yourself up in a way that your brand and your message is really clear first to yourself and then to your followers. Mm -hmm. No, I think, I think that's great advice. Um, you know, for a women's bodybuilder, what outlets are there for generating revenue and actually making money, you know, as a female bodybuilder? Um, well, there are show winnings, first mm -hmm. of all. First yeah. and foremost, you win a show, you win a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. It's not as much money as people think you don't uh, you know you're not earning a yearly sal salary in one show that's mm -hmm. just not possible so the ways that you navigate earning money in bodybuilding is through having your own side business whether that's coaching or whether that's modeling or doing promotions or being a brand ambassador for a brand or for an organization and 
of course, I mean, if you're winning big shows over the years, like the world championships or the Olympia, that is a good boost to your annual income. But again, those aren't reliable sources. So you have to make sure that, that you have other avenues in place. For some mm -hmm. people, that's athletic clothing and they develop a clothing line mm -hmm. or they get into the supplements and they go that way or they start a coaching business and they generate revenue that way. There are different options and you have to find what works best for you and what plays to your strengths mm -hmm. and kind of find your lane and stay there and do it the best you can. You can't have your toes in a bunch of little avenues doing everything kind of half. Mm -hmm. You have to find where your strength is, play to that, focus that on that, put your energy there and really nurture it so that it can flourish the way it needs to so that you can be successful in the sport. Awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing specifically, because I actually listened to your episode um, that you did with Scott Welsh of uh, Muscle Insider, and I thought it was really unique and uh, really cool, the approach that you take to your, um, I don't want to say personal training, because I think it's more of life coaching as a whole and, and setting yourself up. I mean, I won't say too much to steal your thunder, but um, let's just talk a little bit about where you're focusing on and uh, what you hope to achieve with your clients. So my little secret is I like to think of myself as kind of a life coach more so cleverly disguised as a fitness coach. Mm -hmm. People come to me thinking that they want health and fitness and what they really need is some life coaching. So my, I focus a lot on developing the human as a whole, making sure that they're successful in life, not just in fitness because you can have great success in let's say weight loss, for example, but if your goal is weight loss because you've gained a hundred pounds, we need to discover what the th cause was that caused you to gain a hundred pounds. Why were you putting your, why were you in this situation in the first place? We need to heal that part of you that got you to the place where you didn't want to be so that you can never go back there again, or you never have to go back there again if you don't want to. So encouraging people to look inside themselves and really do that deep, hard self-check is really what I encourage my clients to do. And then building them up where they're not having to look outside for validation. They get validation from themselves and they find success in ways that make sense to them and it doesn't matter what other people think. And making sure that we incorporate things that help manage stress factors and emotional regulation and just making sure that you are in tune with yourself mm -hmm. and become the most authentic and successful version of yourself that you can be, mm -hmm. including the fitness side as well as life. Mm -hmm. So how, how does that look? Like, is that a program that you email them? Is that one-on-one -on -one calls? Um, is it texting? Like like how do you interact with your, you know, your, your clients overall? It's largely online. Mm -hmm. I set it up in 12 week blocks where they get an eating program, a training program and a mindset training program. Awesome. And they're expected to treat all aspects equally. And, um, with as much each area is dependent on the other. So mm -hmm. you can't, you can't just have, a great workout program program without eating well and mm -hmm. you can't just have the drive to focus on making your body better when your mind is still not right mm -hmm. so all three things together 
in a 12-week block. We email exchange weekly check-ins, and then I also leave myself open to being quite available. I would say probably more available than most coaches are. If my clients have a question, they can text me, or we set up a time for a call to check in and make sure everything is going well, or even video calls, especially in the last year, video conferencing has been huge for my business, making sure that my clients feel like they're connected to another human on the other side of that email helps them be really successful. And I'm equally as invested in my clients' success as they are, maybe sometimes more so. And so I'm often the one, you know, dropping them a note. Hey, how's your week going? Hey, how's that thing we talked about last week? How's that going? You know, how are you feeling today? How can I support you? Just really trying to go above and, above and beyond to make sure that my clients feel supported in ways that other coaches maybe don't have the time to do. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely separates you apart for sure. Um, I know you've also recently moved from Canada to the United States. What, uh, what prompted that? Was that a career move or is that a personal move? It was a bit twofold. My husband and I really wanted to experience living somewhere that didn't have winter. Gotcha. Wanted to try living somewhere that was warm all year round where there was no shoveling of snow or defrosting the car before you drive it. So we were, my husband was able to secure a job in Arizona as a lineman down there, which was exactly a perfect spot for me for bodybuilding because mm -hmm. it was smack right in between Las Vegas and Phoenix, which were the locations of the two biggest shows I was going to do last year. Yeah. So it all sort of came together seamlessly and yeah, we made the move. We just up and did it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I mean, with the pandemic and the advancement in technology, as you said about online training and video calls and Zoom and all these different things, it truly allows you to be in control of yourself and be anywhere in the world that you want. So I think it's super cool that you were able to make that move and go go experience what it's like to live in, in the United States. I know, you know, up here in Canada, some some people say we're like the, uh, you know, the additional state, but the, I think the mentality, the lifestyle, the way people process things is completely different. There are some really drastic differences in how we view the world. And I mean, you could probably speak to that better than I can now that you've actually gone there. Was it was it a surprise or a shock um, when you actually got there and just, just seeing how their society works as a whole? Or were you already conditioned to it before, before arriving? No, it was very shocking. Mm -hmm. It was very shocking when we got down there. It was yeah. vastly different. Um, I'm not saying bad different. I'm just yeah. saying quite different. For and sure. so it has really challenged, challenged us and put us further outside our comfort zone than we initially anticipated. But it's been a great opportunity to share with the people around us that, you know, how, what Canada is like, because mm -hmm. a lot of people down there don't know what Canada is like. So it's been a unique opportunity to share our story and where we come from and the values and traditions that we have as Canadians that maybe Americans don't know about. Mm -hmm. So it's been a great learning opportunity and a great challenge and adaptation and making the best of a situation that we were a little underprepared for. Mm -hmm. The first time you walked into the gym in your new hometown in the United States, what was the reaction? The reaction was uh, pretty much like you see in the movies where it's like a dead stop. Everybody <laughs> stops what they're doing and they turn around and look. <laughs> and then 
but after the initial shock, everybody was really warm and really awesome. interested. Awesome. So awesome. there really aren't other women at my gym that look like me, which is totally fine. I'm completely used to that. Mm -hmm. But everybody has been really supportive and really interested. And, you know, they pick me out immediately. Oh, you're not from here. Where are you from? And they want to know my story and they not want to know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then it's time to shred up for a show. And they're like getting really excited. Oh, what show are you doing? And where can we watch it? How can we follow? So it's been really great. They've really welcomed us warmly and it's been really nice. That's awesome. And so this Olympia prep, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you had minimal equipment and you worked out at home for a large majority of that prep. Just talk us through how that went and, uh, and, and really how that pushed you as a, as a, as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was probably 50, 50 home workouts. And then the gym opened up and I was able to go back to the gym. So I'm that person who, if I have limited access to equipment, the flip, the switch flips in my head and this thing goes off that says you have to work twice as hard. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have access to the weight, which I really didn't, it was more about making sure I was acutely focused on the muscle I was trying to work, making sure that activation was still there, even though I didn't have hundreds of pounds to lift, making the most of what I did have in really unique and imaginative ways mm -hmm. and making sure that I was just keeping those muscles engaged and working hard as much as I could. Very and cool. <laughs> it, it was just, it was a challenge, but yeah, yeah. it was not as bad as I think some people think it was. Sure. Oh, good. Um, and then getting to that stage in Orlando, um, you know, obviously the first time the Olympia has, you know, made a move in a number of years. How was that entire experience as a whole? So what they managed to pull off moving the show four weeks before the show was supposed to take place, what they did in four weeks was absolutely incredible. It was a huge feat and they nailed it. It was amazing. <laughs> everything from the production side that the audience saw to everything they did for us backstage and the way the hotel accommodated us and the hotel was attached to the convention center, which was, which is super convenient for an athlete because you get to the convention center and, oh my goodness, I forgot something. It's one minute walk back to the hotel to get it. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge relief that way. But everything they did for us backstage at finals, we had the most incredible gym backstage. Nice. It was, if you've ever seen the pictures, I know there are some pictures backstage of mostly of the big boys pumping up. But the equipment they brought in for us backstage was incredible. It was everything. There was cameras and there was lights backstage. And there was, there was always somebody working backstage to make sure you had what you needed. Nice. At one point, I just tipped over from the waist to stretch my hamstrings a little bit. And within seconds, there was somebody there. Do you need something? Are you okay? Can I help you? Are you cramping up? So they were yeah. super attentive and they really treated us like a bunch of rock stars awesome. and it was amazing. Awesome. That's really cool. Yes. That is exciting. Um, you know, you've been around long enough on both on the, the men's side and the women's side in terms of, you know, interacting with highly successful people in, in the sport. Is there any common habits 
that you see across highly successful people that you think are the same? Yeah, everybody is consistent. Mm -hmm. They're consistent, whether that means in their daily routine or their eating habits or their workout habits, the consistency among top performing athletes and professionals is what really sets them apart from the general population. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to it, it's the consistency in whatever you're doing or whatever you wanna be successful in, there are steps you have to do to achieve that success. And if you successfully achieve those steps on a daily basis, you can't help but be successful. And that's what all of these people have in common. They know what the goal is and they work toward it and they don't stop till they get it. And they're consistent always. Yeah, no, I think that's incredible advice. Um, what's, what's the future holding for you in uh, 2021? 2021, yes. Yeah. I am actively ironing out my plans for 2021, mm-hmm. but I can tell you the general overview is to get requalified for the Olympia. I came in eighth, so that means I have to requalify this year, which is totally great. I have a show in mind that I will get ready for, which I will announce probably next, you know, in the next little while here. Okay. Um, But yes, the plan is to get requalified for Olympia and see if Wings of Strength will invite me back to the Rising Phoenix World Championships. So I'll have a few shows this year and I'm really excited about the season and I think it's going to be really good. And I think it's going to be just like... It just keeps getting better. Awesome. Every year keeps getting better. And I don't know if that's because I know what to expect a little bit better now, mm-hmm. or, you know, the more experience you gain, the more knowledge you have makes your experience that much better. I don't know, but I'm really excited about the 2021 year and it's going to be great. Awesome. If uh, listeners want to follow you, how can they connect with you and get in touch? Yeah, the best place to get in touch is probably Instagram, IFBB Pro Nikki. Um, I try to respond to comments and I try to respond to, um, direct messages as best I can. And if people are interested in my journey or my services as a coach, that is definitely the best way to get in touch for sure. That's awesome. You know, I really appreciate you joining us here on the physique business podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. I love seeing Canadians being uber successful especially in the United States. And uh, I wish you all the best and I hope to meet you in person one day very soon. Thanks for having me, Corey. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. The episode is over. I hope you got a tremendous amount of value from it. If you could do me a favor and subscribe up on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify, be greatly appreciated. If you did like the episode, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. This is a influential sports production. It is a original production and we have new episodes coming weekly.